1: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Event Brew. We have an amazing episode lined up for you today. But before we get into it, let's quickly introduce our colleagues, one of which you have not met yet before. Wait for it. Build some suspense. For those who don't know me, my name is Will Kern from Endless Events, and I am joined to my fellow host, Connected Via Screen. Transition. <laughs> you are gonna
0: say left. You were gonna say. Yeah, right I realize right, that right. probably all of our
1: screens are in different orientations, so I have no idea if you are to my left or my right. So, um, yeah. yeah, joined by uh, Nick Borelli. Nick, say say hello. Hi, I'm on your left or your right. <laughs> Nick Borelli from All Seated. Happy to have you here, Nick. Also joined at my right caddy corner section. I isn't don't know.
2: It kid- isn't it Kitty Corner?
1: Dire- technically you're physically directly north of me by a couple hundred miles thousand miles probably that's fair. dustin wesling one west events and hey. also very busy man hey happy to have you here thanks <laughs> and yeah, also like he's been really busy lately <laughs> very busy very busy lately and also our surprise guest as well also very north and slightly east of me Chantel McGaffin, Chantel, happy to have you here. Hey. So, those who don't know Chantel, she's been on Event Icons. We're not going to do the whole backstory thing because we don't got time for that here. You can go listen to her Event Icons episode where you learn all about her. But Chantel is a uh, a pro at keeping our clients organized over at Endless. Chantel, uh, herding cats. What what would you describe your role as within Endless?
3: Oh, um. Firefighter and definitely cat herder.
1: Awesome, I love it. Well, we're happy to have you here, um, and you actually helped us come up with our topic, which we will reveal after we talk about what we have in our cups, mm. what we're sipping on. Well, Chantel, you're you're I'm I'm happy to have you here because you drink good things, very good things. What do you, Chantel? What are you drinking today?
3: Okay, so we just got the pineapple bubbly here.
1: <gasps> oh
3: okay so you failed me now saying. you got to,
1: i thought you were going to go a different, totally different route with this
2: chantelle you i'm sorry you but... if you if you listen to a Vember, you would know that that's a big deal because we're She's doing this to suck her.
1: up to dust and this is
2: not fair i love it
3: But no here's the thing though i only had one sip because they give me really bad hiccups oh. so it's sitting here waiting for me when we're done you can hiccup on this
2: podcast <laughs> there's, there's i've some done it before. no
1: there's yeah, no there's Will. an episode, I think, where I was totally, like, hiccuping the entire t- episode, I think. Totally.
2: Usually, Will's cats <laughs> are crawling all over him. This is not a professional organization over here. <laughs> they're trying to They're trying to get at all of his milk that he's holding. <laughs> that, was he a said, good that was a good milk.
1: visual. That was a good Very... visual. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Pineapple bubbly. D- Dustin, are you also drinking pineapple bubbly?
2: I'm not. I'm drinking water because it's still dry Mondays.
1: What? So. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I was—I I totally forgot for a second. I was like, "Wait, you've been drinking things before on Mondays?" Oh, no. yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm back. Well. I'm
2: back to water. Dry Mondays for me, just on recording days, because drinking and hanging out with you is a challenge.
1: <laughs> we take you to dark places, <laughs> Nick, Nick. What do you got in your? I don't your, even know your, if your, your can. Yeah, bottle? I don't even know
0: if water is one of the ingredients in uh, Mountain Dew, <laughs> uh, Major Melon. But if it is, it's, then uh, it's got to be. Yeah, it, it's got it. It's probably what keeps it fluid. I suppose. Oh, it's it's certainly not the, you know, uh, words I can't <laughs> pronounce. Red 40, though, that's been a oh, uh, part 40. of my life.
1: Is that the same as like Code Red? Is re- code Red? Um, I'm sure they're cousins. Is that, oh, is like that Red else. 26? I'd
0: love the numbers though. It makes me show yeah. really that I'm drinking like straight up chemicals when they're just like, we could make up a word for it, but we're just going to give it a number just so you know that this was 100% laboratory created. Isn't it just Isn't like it hair dye? Like, hair dyes, they're probably. all numbers. Like
1: could be Or like did. Pantone color of the year.
0: Oh, oh. major melon. You just yeah, they should they should itching. see. If, I mean I I do believe that like the colors of uh, sodas right. are as influential in events as the color of paint should be. I'm going to figure out what color red 40
2: is in a Pantone. Red 40. That's, <laughs> that's exciting.
1: I don't know if you really want to go down that route but I remember something like code red had like red 26 or something like that and people said that's what killed sperm.
3: Oh,
0: I mean it's probably correlation equals causation if you drink a lot of code red <laughs> like the chances of you like having kids.
1: It also turns low. out that you, you go hang out radioactive, you know, waste for fun.
0: Or you are like some sort of radioactive person, <laughs> you know, just because, um, if your preference is that drink, then like, it's probably a lower likelihood of you having a, a mate in life. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's the fun part of correlation, uh, not equal causation. It's, uh. You could say that that does that or you could just be like, well, let's look at the people who drink this on a regular basis.
1: You know, now I think about it, I don't know many people who um, like I don't never met many parents who said they also drank Mountain Dew growing up, you know, just um, together, so. just
0: like cheers, you know, that's it's been it's an a- what, what anniversary I've, is uh, that's the like red 40, you know, because there's like silver and bronze and like, where's red 40? That should definitely it's be free
1: anniversary because, yeah, you're probably like you're if it's your alone. fourth
0: yeah, like fourth wedding, fifty year. Maybe that, that's called that like your fourth marriage, fifty year. That's your that's your <laughs> red, red forty or your red wedding. number forty. Because you're in like Fago colors and things at that oh, point. We've gone
1: deep on this one.
2: <laughs>
1: All right. Yeah. All right, let, let I'll wind it back. Hang uh, on. So okay. if you
2: want to paint your walls the color of
1: <laughs> or, or
2: or better yet, if you want to design your event around the drink ah. that Nick has, you need the Pantone 191664. Ah, classic. It is a classic. classic. I love it.
1: <laughs> well, come mm. to no surprise to everyone else, but I'm drinking chai latte with oat milk. However, I do have news and fun facts for everybody. For those who don't know, oat milk, oat, Oatly has been like sold out across the country because mm. Starbucks decided to use it. So now, Normal people, it's too nice to have, apparently. The Starbucks effect. Hmm. But I'll give a pro tip. Baristaunderground.com. It's where you can go to buy bulk things for like coffee shops. And you can buy Oatly Barista Blend in bulk. And it's cheaper than in the store as well. And the good news is because oat milk never expires, or at least it takes a year to expire, you can buy $100 worth of oat milk and be so, set for don't you think that
2: yeah. just compounds the problem if everybody goes out and buys years of oat milk you're not helping the situation you're
0: well,
3: artificially you, inflating you the price did you did buy a hundred dollars worth of oat milk
1: yes I are did. you on yeah. the
0: silk road buying oat milk like <laughs> well in, like it, people it, for the like for trading the, like ak's and like heroin <laughs> in order to get like, oat milk like fuck it's kind of like, I mean like war, war
1: dogs war milk yeah, um, yeah exactly <laughs> uh no like it, it's, it's so hard well i I do buy it, drink a lot of milk, as evident by this show, and everybody knows that already at this <laughs> point. But um, it's just it's just more convenient to buy it once and then just not have to worry about it for a couple months, you know. Oh God, but well, yeah, try to buy it at heard- like a Sprouts or a Fries or a Whole Foods, and you can't find it.
2: Great, I'm sure all of our oat milk listeners are so <laughs> appreciative for. <laughs> and that was
1: oak hour (laughs) (laughs) we spent like half of this intro talking about red dye 40 and you guys are yeah yeah i'm giving actual helpful facts for finding oat milk all All right right. mine's (laughs)
0: self-deprecating
2: yours is just too helpful you just okay too helpful
1: all right they don't come to the event brew for helpfulness they come here to hear us self deprecate i would have
2: appreciated you say that the world is out of oat milk and let people run into the streets screaming
1: Ooh, yeah. Okay. True. 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 That. All we right. We need well, more panic.
2: I more need more panic.
1: panic. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's, let's talk Segway about something back. actually related. Yeah. No yeah. segue. This is just. <laughs> I'm wrong. I'm just gonna get rid of this baton as fast as I can and hand it over to Chantel to explain. What are we What are we talking about today, uh, Chantal? You You work with a lot of uh, event professional or not event professionals necessarily the clients working on planning events and things like that. Um, and you've seen some challenges in the events industry as it relates to connecting with people via screens. But kind of tell us the backstory for this topic that you helped us come up with.
3: Okay, um, well, it's twofold. The first piece is where, like, I don't know, three years into the pandemic, how How long has it been? And there's no, at least I don't feel like there's a good way to do virtual networking. And clients want to do it. They're like, I need answers, Chantel. Give me solutions. What platforms should I use? And I'm like, honestly, they're all kind of bad. Like, none of them are great. And then the second part is... Hi, everybody.
0: (laughs) (laughs) End of episode. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. Sort of.
3: The second part is, it's hard. Like, it's hard to build connections with people, even presenters or attendees through a screen. And I just, I feel like we should be further along this far into the pandemic. Is that just me?
0: Uh, I, I mean, I, I'll definitely take your point on the fact that, um... The easiest thing it was we were able to do as an industry was to take uh, immediately of, of a pandemic happening and our events being canceled is to take platforms for content distribution. That was like, well, yeah, that's that's fairly easy successfully and like to their fullest extent, maybe not, but 85 percent. Yeah. I mean, it's someone talking at someone else that so you're just doing it in this and doing it over there. Human connections. Um, I, I honestly think um it requires twofold um, that I think definitely takes longer than where we're at right now, which is uh, it takes the designers and planners to be able to uh, not just run the same plan that they've done and port it over into something. Uh, So they have to rethink how they do it, which I don't think they were in the position to do in in a shift that I think still pretty quickly, like as much as time as it takes to produce a program, Uh, and then internal culture and get people to, you know, take a chance on something different, Uh, waiting for case studies and proof of concept somewhere else that somebody else is gambling and for you to take the inspiration there, Um, all that stuff. I I think that takes a little bit of time, but I think that's the first step. And then the second step is, or maybe the first, depending on how you look at it, are platforms that are born out of a necessity uh, for um, the networking to happen. So like, I think that, at the time we're in right now, like it it really takes you um, to, to think differently and then also to have different tools that exist. And what happened in the last year was um, ideas and, and strategies and designs that were already existing and platforms that were already existing. So both sides really didn't do anything new. Um, They just tried to, and I've said this a million times, put a square peg in a round hole, and that's what you saw. You saw a bunch of people taking um no chances and just trying to do their best on adaption versus
2: native design do you think we're romanticizing or not not us but do you think clients are romanticizing how much connections were really made in person like yes. this, this this oh. sort of this like that everybody needs to be connected and the reality is when we're in person we don't connect with everybody it's not nope. that's not that's not a common place at all and i think Ooh. that that in order to be successful, you need to think of it more in like micro groups and more in who does somebody really need to connect with and how do we bring them together instead of trying to figure out these mechanisms that dumps everybody into the same pot, because that's never going to work because it doesn't work when you're in person. I don't, I meet more people this way than I did in a live event because of, you know, my I'm I'm drawn to the people that I know and that's who I hang out with or my anxiety gets the best of me and I'm just like, I'm just not interested. So I stay around the perimeter. So I think I think that we're we're giving a lot of credit to live events in the past and the amount of connections that were truly made. Um, I think that we you know in the last 10 years you've seen a major shift where most people actually connect online at the event they 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 find a tweet that they like and that's how they create that connection and then they go and find them so i don't know that i don't know that this this world of connectivity in person really existed and was thriving as much as people like to think it was
1: I'm trying to think That's about interesting. Like, like some recent events that I've attended purely as an attendee, not as a speaker. And it's very hard for me to have a lot of examples of this. But I think that like when I think about the events, there have been a couple of times where I've been like, I'm not going to try to meet anybody new. I want to focus on the relationships I already have and deepen those because it can get overwhelming, like the amount of like con- new connections that you have to make. And to uh, a planner, if they were to date, like, you know, put data behind that and track it, they would probably be like oh, man, like we're not doing a good job facilitating networking. When in reality, it's like about my intent as an as an attendee. And um, my my argument, I guess, against in some ways has to do with intent rather than the platform too, in the usage of it rather than it's almost like the idea of the like the photo, like what's the best camera and the camera that you actually have rather than it is about like the platform. But I think that the romanticization thing's really, really interesting to me. And I'm wondering if we just don't we romanticize it because we didn't have data behind it, too. Because like, right. think about how many planners are actually using RFIDs to track everybody. That's a using, good point. Using technologies like click to know it. Exactly you know what, though? Actions were made.
0: I, I think that that that's a double edged sword. And that's really interesting. So I think that there is there is a, a wealth of, uh, of and a volume of anecdotal data on to support. The validity of face to face as it's been as far as a networking source in the form of um, which is probably it's, it's definitely not the right place to look. But uh, in the in the form of post event surveys where people say the most valuable thing I got out of this was the networking was mm-hmm. the connection. Ah, right? yeah, so like yeah. they, so that feels like there is all this data. But right. on the other hand, they're actually. Uh, which ma- what makes it impossible to connect it to the virtual is that there actually isn't as much real data right. to show the proof and concept and to show like the ROI on the connections. Just that when in most how most post event surveys are geared towards um, the idea of uh, pass fail and on on the uh, the idea of uh would you recommend would you attend again? Right. Um and in those instances, like they're given kind of their sales more yeah. yeah, their sales service exactly that. They're not actually done well. Uh, and they're more like of which of these things is the main reason that you attended or they're super weighted, right? And I think that like people think of networking and they what they do is they lump a bunch of things together. They think they re- basically lump all the connecting and the talking to people no matter how that was into what they're calling this bucket of networking. Whereas virtual, they're looking at it in a much more strategic way um, in an ROI setting that would be more akin to digital marketing where it's like you put this in and you get this out of it, where they're kind of used to a little bit deeper analytics as opposed to the softer analytics of face to face. So it feels like face to face is better because it's being scored on a really, really vague way. Uh, and that vague way doesn't really come into play for virtual. Maybe that's it. But I'll, I definitely take the initial point of it should be better because like I've experienced so many really painfully awkward <laughs> ways that platforms have done um oh, networking that my, I'm like oh my god that's how they do this oh, like i hate this experience and uh and i guess i'll, I'll put myself out there that's pretty much any experience uh, this is personal i've had with a timer i see that timer and i'm like oh
1: oh no. interesting
2: I, mean, I don't like it. And that's networking. maybe it's perf- the, good, yes, the good thing about the timer anything. is you know when it's gonna end. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah when it's that. helpful you're like, oh god. Oh. Like, uh, like it's so yeah. much it's more like when you're awkward on the
3: to leave yeah. a virtual networking session than it is in person because you can just look over and be like. Oh, there's so and so. I'm going to head over and talk to them. Whereas, like, you can't leave a virtual networking session, especially if it's one on one, because then you're the jerk that just left this person by themselves for the remainder of that, you know, rotation. Mm -hmm.
1: You guys remember, like, the app that, like, uh, when iPhones first came out, that would let you trigger a fake call to make it look like someone's calling you? I still
3: have it. Oh, I need that.
1: Or you I have one, but it's with Elmo. Uh, it's like and, that, and but like a material. Slack. Yeah. It's like a Slack bot. Like, oh my gosh, my team needs me on Slack right now. There's a fire going down. I'm. A- <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: You can I uh, you can SOS say you message. can set your timer. You can set your timer to be your ringtones. So you can set oh. a five minute timer, and it'll just sound like your phone's ringing.
3: So good. Gotta go. But there's so much pushback <laughs> from clients. Like, I hear a lot. You know. Why aren't my attendees talking in the chat? Why aren't, why isn't there so much engagement? And I'm like, honestly, if you want to know my real opinion, you would be so mad if your attendees were chatting it up while somebody was on stage speaking. So why is it that we want people to be half paying attention to the speaker (laughs) and then being in the chat? Like the chat has a function, right? You can get people hyped up at the beginning. It's great for questions. I get that the speaker wants to ask something, cool. Mm-hmm. But do you really want your chat to be blowing up the entire time? Because then you know, people are not paying attention.
2: The question is, is, when I hear that, I instantly think, "What? Do, what is that chat really about to you? Is that to fill your ego that, that the chat is busy? Or is there something really functional you're looking for? And I think that I have some clients too, that have made some comments, oh, the chat the the chat wasn't that busy and I'm like well consider yourself lucky they were paying attention but I also think that if you want an active chat you have to ask for it if you want conversation to take place in the chat you have to prompt that to happen and I -hmm. think not and I I don't offer him compliments very often but I think Will does such a good job of that where he he really he really encourages (laughs) There's a lot of. I calls got a compliment from Dustin. Yeah.
0: yeah. When you speak, there's a lot of calls to action. Yeah, and disproportionate it, yeah. to the amount of other people I've seen. And it gives
2: people permission to use the chat. It gives people permission to share on it and to start conversation. And I think that that it's not the it has nothing to do with the platform. It really has to do with who's hosting your event, who is there creating that space where where the chat can be used. And but I take your point, Chantal. It's like if you know, speakers started to, you know, get really irritated that people were just on their phones the entire time during their presentations, um, which I think- they did in face to face forever. Like that was like the thing. It was
0: like, uh, I want to, I want to do such a good uh, job on this presentation that you don't look at your phone. Like that was a metric that has been thrown around for the last 10 years. Uh, and you're right. Like it's counterintuitive to the people that are saying, I want the chats. I think that it comes down to like, maybe it's maybe it's our job you know we're onboarding clients to say okay what is success in this functionality of the event looks like so we have like those questions when it comes to face to face events mm-hmm. what is success when it comes to the the menu right is it you know the people like it or there's it's inclusive it's healthy like we have those kinds of questions so like when we look at the functionality of our platforms, we should have similar types of questions like what does success with the chat look like Does it look like ebbs and flows uh, in the midst of uh, in the lulls between the con- conversation or the presentations? Like, do you have peaks and valleys that that, um, you know, co- coincide with uh, the content being distributed or do you, do you want to engage in the midst of presentations, which by the way, it, 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 one isn't right and one isn't wrong. If you watch like video game streamers, like video game streamers create authentic, engaging content that also spurs a constant stream of communication back and forth uh, in the peanut gallery uh, to the tune of really what they do for a living, right? Like they kind of foster... Um, the chats that happen. Like they're, they're bouncing off what's happening in, and reacting to what's happening in that. Um, those people are wired uh, to not have to sit back pensively, uh, and and really, you know, let things ruminate in their heads. Like it's not that kind of content, right? So, um, it really depends on the content design and purpose. Uh, and I think that those are maybe expectation questions that we should ask early on. Uh, and I maybe it same maybe goes with networking, right? Like, what's the is the goal of this networking? Like, I I would say that if you say this to most people, they'll probably agree with you. If would this be a successful day of networking at your face to face event? You, that that your attendee would go there, they would meet, you know, let's say 10 people in an hour, maybe meet, let's have a conversation with 10 people and create uh, a new um, valuable uh, networking uh, connection or strengthen a connection that's already made. Like, would you say like the, for an hour's worth of time, but really that's like three hours of the time because there's travel and all this other stuff, right? So like, is that a good ROI? And most of them would say, yeah, that's actually pretty, pretty typical as far as good ROI in virtual, like, I think that's really easy to accomplish. And in fact, with any kind of algorithmic uh, benefit, it's way easier to crush that because you'd only be talking to people that you'd actually should be talking to. Um, and there's some intelligence behind that. So like, I think that like, maybe uh, I think that the the, to ca- the case is, um, if we really to examine the ROI on the networking in our face to face, we probably would be less than impressed than we feel. And then on the on the virtual, I think that it could be so much better if we design it that way. So I think both camps are sort of right and wrong.
1: One comment I think I was going to make about the like the feel the need for the chat to blow up in a lot of ways, too, is I think that the feeling comes that when the chat's not blowing up, you just assume they're doing the the, like the thing you don't want to do, just checking their email. Right. So. I'm wondering, like, if that's potentially a future in our technology for virtual, at least that allows us to attract attention to know, you know, what what does engagement look like beyond just in the chat, but also just like, are you actually paying attention? Because I like I've, I've always made the case that, you know audience engagement is a choose your own adventure. Like you, I, yeah, I push the chat crazy. I use Google docs. Like when I'm in zoom, I do the virtual wave. I do all these different things. But then, you know, I I actually think I want to say it was like a webinar. Dustin, you were having me on where someone was like, there's just too much, there's too much going on. And I, and I think like my first initial reaction was just like, deal with it. This is how I roll. But then I realized it's like, you didn't have to like engage on every single thing i'm offering it's like how you choose to be on that same way and i think that similarly i think that we we choose that we want more networking because it's an easy metric to see engagement versus like it's really hard to measure did someone actually learn and be inspired by that presenter in a lot of ways i think you
0: have to also give people options on how they consume it too i think that that one time I think that that's one of the biggest failings of planners. Period is that they believe that there is a way for someone to consume your event, to engage at your event, to attend your event, and that's that's a huge failing of uh, imagination uh, to to have a singular way that that this event can be uh, uh, you know kind of uh, best used as opposed to giving them opportunities to find their own way and engage with it on their own terms. Um, if you do that, what you like if you look at it like more of like a persona based uh, approach um, to be able to offer things to different personas and also to potentially uh, look at your data uh, along those lines of like okay based on this data we found that there's like three or four different ways that people are attending this event And, and not taking that as a as a loss because the like myopic one way that you can view things wasn't successful but in fact you gave people options to consume it in their way. And I think that like, that's something that is a a pretty common feeling of planners. And now that I'm in the platform side, I'm really seeing it way more. Um, I'm seeing them like really just not being, um, I don't know, like they, they, they're they the God complex in planners is coming out way more and in virtual because they're like, like I'm getting asked questions. I'm like, can you move everyone? Can you force everyone to go into this room? And I'm like, absolutely, but I won't do it. And they're like, what? Like first off, why are you telling me no? And second off, like, why don't you control all the people at our events like (laughs) cattle, which is my (laughs) ultimate dream as a planner? And I'm like, because literally herding
1: cats.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You don't, you don't know as much as you think, you know, Uh, like, let's start there. And like, second off, like you, that mentality will mean you will never get better. Like your design will never get better. If you don't give people options to see how they will react and give them different choices and watch how they make those choices and learn from that and design iteratively on on who's doing what and who isn't, then you've, you've said both, I know what's best for everyone and I have no interest in learning. Like that's insane. And as a marketer, for me, it's second nature to go, I don't know anything. All I do is I throw things out there and I watch and see how you react and then I adjust. But planners think very differently than that. Like, I know what you should be doing and I need to make you do it. And it's like, that's where engagement goes down. That's where the, like, things feel unfun, that's where there's a timer in front of you when you're talking to someone because you're like, look, I think conversation should be three minutes long. It's like, based on what? Like, everyone? Really? Like, there's not an option ahead of time to say, like, unlimited for me or six minutes for me or two minutes for me. Like, we don't give people choices like that because planners think they know everything. And they're also forced, oftentimes, to have to to you know, by their clients or by people above them, to like almost act as if they know everything. Uh, so, like, that's the reason that they think they know everything is oftentimes they're put in situations where they're told that they have to, um, be, you know, for their authority, for their job, or whatever. But the reality is, is like, I go in as a marketer and I tell everybody, I don't know anything at all. I'm a complete idiot. All I know is how to pay attention to people really well, and then I adjust, and that's what we need a lot more of uh i think in, in to make this stuff successful so it's not one
2: size fits all boom
1: boom i i, I thanks major with... melon
2: <laughs> how, how do event planners always getting shit by nick every single episode they're always
0: i do it because I I they you.
1: still like you somehow i, know. <laughs> I, I do
0: i, I know. honestly i just i just asked a bunch of people in the last week to do the same thing for our platform and it was i I actually really really loved it like i'm like one of the only people on our team that did i i really love tough love like i truly do like i want to hear i want to hear all that stuff because there's validity in all of it and i think that like planners they need they need to like realize like chill out a bit like i know that's like not your jam but like just say like just because you can you shouldn't have to and there's not one line of success like i think that's the stress comes from like trying to make everyone like one person, like, don't.
2: Yeah, I agree.
0: Networking is totally different for a lot of different people. And I think that like, uh, maybe, maybe asking people questions ahead of time of like, what's networking for you? What's networking success look like for you? Like those kinds of things, I think maybe, maybe our problem is that, and maybe it doesn't feel right for some people, uh, and other people thrive in it because. There, it's kind of designed for one track, and like if you're in that track, good news. If you're not, bad news. And that's not the best.
2: Chantel, what was the what was the second thing on your list? Did we get to them both? I think already? we
3: did. Yeah. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I was like, you gotta you gotta keep this crew wrangled been, if you're going through a list.
3: <laughs> I I have
1: a, I have a like a potentially like controversial opinion, not. Potentially, this is probably actually not. You, a controversial you
2: always today. build this up and it's never as controversial it's, it's as we not, would like it to be.
1: No, I know. I need to get more controversial. Are planners later. too good of a people? Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> <laughs> do, they, do they care too much? Um, That's going to be a new episode. Do we actually need event planners? Um, oh, But um, hello. My, my question would be that, um, you know, we, we, we sit here and we talk about like the technologies and stuff and enforcing like good networking and things like that. But. I don't know if this was just my experience. That's why I maybe want to hear from each of you, but like, do you have experiences where like it wasn't a platform that necessarily engaged and networked with you? Cause like so I'll tell you about like when I was growing up, I grew up like mm-hmm. sitting in online chat rooms, like IRC chats. I think we've talked about this potentially before on the show. If not, I've definitely talked about it with Nick. And there were some like really great relationships I built. Like, like I ended up getting like an internship when I was in high school to for a blogging platform because of these people I met on an IRC chat room. And I felt like I was networking with these people and building relationships and meeting web designers and things like that. And I always just felt like, like, why do we need this like intense platform with a bio and things like that? Like IRC was like, you got a username. And then your messages, and that was it. There wasn't like you know, occasionally maybe someone was like, "Oh hey, like let's connect." And maybe I don't know if I some like MySpace or you'd sound your website, but like people learned who you were based on your actions and your way. You there talked was no in these graphics
0: in IRC. That, yeah, mean, was no graphics. Like that's right. Yeah. Straight
1: text. Straight, straight text. text. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, it wasn't like Slack where you could post gifs and reactions. Two and levels.
0: You had basically Chan Ops, uh, which was yeah. a de facto admin, and and like people like it was that's right, yeah. You had, had to plus next to your name was
1: That was it. Yeah. But like, I I don't know about you guys, but like that felt like I was networking and building relationships online at a very, very like ethereal, basic level. And I feel like we sometimes like, get so involved in making it so complicated. But really, if you get the right kind of people together, they will find ways to, I think, like network within each other. But I was just curious, like what your, your all's opinions as far as like deep relationships and networking that you've done that isn't like done through a formalized platform. You know, it, we always talk about like the best way for people to network is stick them in a room and give them a bunch of alcohol, right? Like that was like the, the pre-COVID way of networking. It wasn't, hey, let's set up a formal speed networking and time them, you know, and I think that's why we joke about it. But I was just curious if you all, you all had any similar experiences to on that end.
0: Was smoking, Dustin, is that is that one?
1: Yeah, the smoke pit for many
2: years was <laughs> smoking was my uh, trick. That's for a while. actually how I know Nick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Disclosure: I do not smoke anymore. But um, I haven't smoked a cigar in like two years. But but, but I used to smoke all the time cigars. But there's a lesson to be learned in that, right? So we had something in common, and there was a place for us to go and meet. And it was a group of people that went and met and that's how we got to know each other and uh and that i mean there's a lesson in that that we shouldn't encourage smoke pits or smoking but if that was more what you were instead of dumping people in a big room you actually create space where you can go and find people that want to talk about the things you want to talk about and that's it was
0: serendipitous it was it was not just like overly designed of like which is why it works yeah, totally. Like, I think that's a key element of like, of deconstructing that random thing. Um, like it was uh, there, for, especially for cigarette smokers, there was an inherent speed element to it. Um, especially with there's any kind of elements because oftentimes conferences are totally. at the hottest the, or the coldest places. The conversation lasts as
2: long as a cigarette. Now go.
0: <laughs> now, <laughs> so, but but my trick was this, is that I I smoked uh, like Churchill cigars, which are like a two hour smoke. So I... <laughs> they came to me speed networking. So like I was in place. Oh my god! I, yeah. So I would actually stay there for quite some time, uh, and just get used to the weather, um, be it like Houston in August or Chicago in January. And, uh, and you know, people's five minute, like elevator pitches as, as far as who they were. Um, but it was always super random. Right. And like, that was interesting. Um, so like it wasn't overly designed, which is another thing that like maybe is missing from the maybe a uh, virtual right like face-to-face has enough opportunities for random which is a friend of mine uh, megan Finell. she calls it designing for human collision so the idea of like love that yes give yeah giving it enough space uh, where people can just like come together but not uh, not from a like an uh, strategically, you know, like buyers and sellers and all that stuff. Uh, the guards are up. People are on all that stuff. Like you're mm-hmm. disarmed. This is your time, like to, uh, kind of a break. Uh, this is your your uh, kind of respite from being on. Like there's a lot of elements that if you can deconstruct like in that specific uh example of like something that we saw actually probably has been successful for like a hundred years or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, people meeting each other, smoking or drinking, um, drinking has the same element. Like I, I remember the only person I ever knew in, uh, in and around events that ever talked about like how alcohol has been a crutch, uh, that mm-hmm. we've spent too much time on is, uh, Julius from, uh, and uh, swap card now he, uh, he's been rallying around that idea for so long that like, we, we like put too much emphasis on alcohol um, and uh, it's not like it's not a sustainable thing uh, Mm -hmm. which is you know this partially true Um, yeah I don't know what are other elements uh, that like foster good network I will I I will
2: say this though when you when you're in person you get a million ways to start a conversation whether it's Mm. like oh did you try the tortellini it's amazing oh my god can you believe the weather today hey I love your shoes Um, like there's a million ways to like naturally start a conversation that I don't think you get online. You don't get that sort of, you know, you when you're online, it seems and like it's this,
1: cold outside. Yeah,
2: it's and I mean, as much as talking about the weather is a bit cliche, it's also the, you know, the most popular open liner for somebody to start a conversation. So.
1: Chantal, I want to hear from you, like what's your go to? Because I think we did a whole episode in the beginning. It's like episode two where we talked about like our strategies for attending conferences. And oh, that's we all were, fucked like now. <laughs> Uh, But I'm curious to know, like, yeah, like for you, what have you seen like that be those experiences? And then maybe like, too, I I do want to try to bring it a little bit back towards virtual too. So maybe if we have any virtual examples too.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think the most successful networking that I've done has been in person, but completely random, like just bumping into someone or, Mm. yeah. And so I think Mm -hmm. part of the problem with virtual is like it's so easy to quantify. Like if you see, if you're in a hotel ballroom or even in the hallway and you see like three people standing there talking, you're like, oh yeah, look at them networking. This is so great. Like it looks so full and it looks so beautiful. And you look around and people are making connections, but you don't have real numbers. You're just seeing that people look like they're talking to one another. And then you go into virtual and you have all these analytics and you have all this data and you're like, what the hell does any of this mean? Is this good? Is this bad? You know, 50% of people made one connection. Is that good or bad? And I don't think we're comparing mm. apples to apples. Like we don't, like we said at the beginning, we don't have any real data for, for connecting in person. So I just don't feel like it's fair to say that networking is better one way or the other because I feel like we're not sure yet. Um, I personally don't like virtual networking because I feel stuck. I'm pretty shy and I don't, like I said before, I don't want to leave someone by themselves, but I also like want to bail on conversations a lot. The best networking event that I ever went to, the whole concept was you introduced yourself, and you told the person what you did and they told you and then you had like 30 seconds to decide I want to keep talking to you or I don't think there's a point in continuing this conversation and you would leave. And it was so great because nobody got offended because that was the whole point.
2: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Except for that one guy that got left 30 times in a row. <laughs> He's, <laughs> He's like, some to my job or job to do. Or my name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. They do the they do. We talk about C2 a lot on this podcast, but they do the brain dates there where you fill out a profile in advance. And I'm sure other people use it. That's my only reference point. And the algorithm and the, the computer tells you who would be a great person for you to chat with. You send them an invite. They set up your brain date. You go to the brain date lounge. You sit down. Everybody arrives at the same time you've got 10 minutes or 15 minutes and you use it, you don't use it. You have great chats. Like I actually love that and I thought I would hate it, but I loved it. I loved it because I loved it because the, the system that they use to connect you is so smart and, and it's not just about what I want, but you also say, this is what I have to give. And this is, this is what I'm great at talking about. And this is what I'm looking for. And it pairs you to have these really great, fast conversations. And I still have connections from C2 of people that I sat down with.
1: I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll I, jump. I, I'll jump in. Uh, just anyone who's curious on brain dates, we did a whole, uh, I think, event event icons episode on it where we talked deep into it. But I think the interesting thing, though, uh, sorry Nick, is that uh, you used the word this platform was smart. I actually think the platform is very basic. It's like literally just like a post a topic that you want to have, and then people can choose to go to that topic or not. It's like almost like a crowdsourced agenda in some ways. Um, it, it it does some basic like you can add hashtags and stuff like that, but it's not like it's not like some of these networking AIs that exist now. Where like, oh, we're like, it's like choose- your IRC example, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like it's basically like, yeah, like, oh, hey, I'll network with the person who's talking about the thing I want to talk about.
0: By the way, if there's no one talking about the thing you want to talk to, you can create your own thing, just like IRC. Like I, it, it really is that like it, it's like, OK, these are the five things. I don't have any interest in this. I really want to talk about this. So then you post that. And then if if that has enough gravity to like attract other people, there you go. Uh, But if it doesn't, then you don't waste your time. And I think that maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's about niche. Maybe it's about, um, you know, like really connecting. Like for me, like I look at the virtual one, like I think one of the most underutilized things um, that that is different than and maybe even like I I wouldn't say better, but certainly different and maybe it's its version of um, what did you think of the tortellini is what's in the background of your of your video? Like I see like, you know. I mean, obviously, Will's got all that crazy stuff. I just want to know what that screen is behind you. But I also see that unicorn <laughs> that you have back there too, and I'm like, I'm kind of interested in that because, like, my I have a, a, a daughter. unicorn daughter. Well, not you.
3: It's is it a, a unicorn? What is that? And my colleague Haley sent it to me. And narwhal, you can flip it inside out, and it will look mad. <laughs> you got it. Oh, those it. are
0: in a different mood. What? Yeah, I'm gonna buy one of those. I'm gonna get a cat. There's a cat one that actually is like a skeleton cat one. I want. Um I buy a lot of toys. Yeah, I couldn't uh, tell. Just to give you a heads up. I think I, like, boom networking. Six or seven today. Um
1: <laughs> it used to be it used to be worse. You, He's pretty you, crazier are are behind him.
2: Are you two sort of networking that. right now? Is that what's going on? I think on? we just Is made this, a right? Do we just storytelling? I think there was a collision here. <laughs> but
0: Congratulations, that's it, right? Guys. Like I
2: think. If
0: but that requires the attendees <laughs> to buy in, right? And that and that requires maybe it's some kind of competition to gamify it, whatever it is. But like if you just do something, so you get more than what's in the backdrop of Dustin. Like, as far as I know, Dustin is uh, uh, like a nomadic serial killer who goes from. Oh, there's some stuff behind you. Never mind. Sorry. I just, <laughs> that's it's fine. all awards. Oh, It's I'm it's all that, in it's awards. like, a week of
1: takeout. That's you? totally better. That's, yeah. But you had it up.
0: <laughs> you had it up high and all I could see was a completely white wall. And I was, I was like, Oh, maybe you're just some kind of like person who like hates color and things. Um, you were an awesome example of tone color of the year, but as soon as you, you pan down, but imagine if you were to get people to, to tell people like, Hey, like design something or put something in, uh, your backdrop, or whatever that begets a story, or like in or does that. It's the same as the IRC. It's the same as the tortellini. It it gives you something to hook onto because I think mm-hmm. that des people are desperate for some kind of like um, uh, cold open, mm-hmm. um, and that's what virtual is super awkward at. So it's like so. Uh, y- you're on your computer too, huh? You know, like. <laughs> oh,
2: <laughs> how long are we stuck all- here for? Where are you living yeah. at now? That's a great. Um, that, that, it, honestly, Nick, that that is a great suggestion for attendees to to you know. Mm-hmm. It's not just about designing your space. You don't have to design your space. Just put something interesting behind you that is a great yeah. conversation. Something you got on your travel. Something that reminds you of something. Something about your kids. Like just don't do what I'm doing and um, and put something intentional. It. Put something intentional there that people can look for. I think that's a great. I love that.
0: And maybe that they I mean, look, maybe attendees, if you if you really want to be successful at networking and you want more people to open up to you, maybe you have to start upping your game. You know, is it better sound certain? Mm-hmm. Maybe is
2: it better lighting? Probably yes. Prob- lighting probably lighting probably is. Yes. And for the love of God, clean your goddamn camera. Get th- is mine dirty now. No, you tell. guys are all doing really good. Oh, thank this, you. the, the world say, is playing with dirty cameras. I don't know what it yeah. is. Get your fingerprints off your damn camera. It looks terrible. Breaking That's fair. 44 minutes, folks. Let's take this baby home. Yeah, I think right. there's
0: enough there. I guess there's enough challenges there maybe to uh, to everyone involved in in a virtual events to say um, where were this started from is the idea of connecting. I think there's, there's a lot of I think we can blame to a degree you can blame the platforms. But really, I blame I blame the people who buy the platforms like ask ask them for more. Um, make the, make competition stiffer, you know, make, make Uh. a leader emerge, um, ask for more, um, and, and know what you're asking for. And if you do that, then, um, you know, if somebody doesn't have that, um, and it's something that's valuable, then they won't
2: succeed. And there you go. And 14, that's what it's about. 14 months later, we're still saying it. Do not expect your virtual digital, whatever the hell we're calling it now event to accomplish the same things in the same way as your live event and quit yeah. trying to jam that together totally for the last goddamn time
1: <laughs> not for the last time we're probably gonna mention it again at some point <laughs> i
2: don't know you guys are like back to live america's killing it over there
0: i mean so far, hopefully we're not eventually
2: actually killing Wait, it, killing it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe that wasn't the best way to put
1: it <laughs> um, re- really quick. Chantel, what question would you Ask the audience that you want that to know an answer oh from my them.
3: Goodness.
1: I put you on the spot. Anything related oh, okay. to I digital think networking. I
3: just want to know what people would put in their background. Like what's the one thing, right? What's the I one thing? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. All of a sudden, <laughs> Dustin had a mechanical pencil. Like where the heck did that come from?
1: Who uses pencils? Old school. I, I, I don't commit. even have a pen or a
0: pencil in my
2: office.
1: Um, because I make I make well, notes so about what we're
2: talking about.
1: I, I need to do that more often because you guys will say something really profound. Like, oh, I have an idea. And then you'll then I'll keep listening and then be like, no, oh, No,
2: then you'll be this? like, We record this. You'll be I mean, like just saying, Sh- shit. I need to stop checking my email and start <laughs> contributing to the podcast. This, this is true. This oh, is also true. I'm, I'm not doing Um
1: that. well, you know what to do. Email us eventbrew at helloendless.com and we want to know what you would put in your backdrop that will help you stand out and create a conversation starter shoot us an email do all the subscribing and do all things also thank you Chantel for coming in yeah. joining us uh, on thank today's you for having episode me. it
2: was great we need we need we need a couple like fill ins for us folks who are very hard to get together.
1: <laughs> and yeah, I was going to say, Sean, I was like, I'm never coming back here ever again. These no. guys to talk too much. um Chantal, but we next appreciate- time I promise oh, we're here. Yeah, I, I have to meet He is
3: the CEO of the yeah, company. No problem. Be so, careful, but it doesn't it doesn't
2: he's not he's not the ceo of this company don't you worry about that
1: <laughs> i love it i love it well uh for everyone who's missing tui uh she might come back soon tui. she's very busy now as nick and i said in the last episode um hopefully you get published in order is that uh everybody's getting busier with more events which means that hopefully uh that's a good sign for everybody as well.
0: I've never, I've never felt like I honestly, every time somebody even on Twitter is like, I just booked this really big event. I'll, I feel like every time I hear that it's a win. Like mm-hmm. like I used to, like mm. it really feels like, like their win is my win is your win. Like I really, it's, it's so cool to like see that. Like I'm seeing but people busy and I'm just like, it makes me feel really good. And that's i uh, I've never really felt that. I mean, I've said, I felt, you know, we all said we felt connected to each other. But like seeing recovery in anyone really feels like
1: it's so good. Yeah. It's like we almost need to do a follow up to our first episode on why you need to not use the word busy with like, thank God (laughs) you can finally use the word busy again. Totally. But soon you're going to have to stop saying it because it's going to get annoying. So thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of Event Brew. Thank you, Nick, Dustin, Chantel. And we will see you all next week on the Event Brew.
2: Go get busy. Bye. Bisney. Disney. Oh, Disney, I like that. Chantel, you have to say bye. It doesn't end until you say bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to Event Brew.
0: Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. See you next
3: time on Event Brew.